A Christian filmmaker is back with a new film about rejecting the darkness and seeking the light. Discover more on today's episode of A View from the Wall. Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View from the Wall. Welcome to A View from the Wall. I'm Dylan Burroughs here today with co-host Joseph Kerr, and we have an exciting program for you today. Writer and director Brock Heasley is an award-winning filmmaker with a passion for telling stories of hope on the screen and on the page. His latest film in the making is called The Shift and addresses the battle between light and darkness in epic fashion. Brock is also the creator of the graphic novel Super Fogies, author of the young adult novel Paper Bag Mask and the memoir The Other Side of Fear. Brock, welcome to A View from the Wall. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you with us. You sound like a super creative guy, and we're going to dive right in and let you talk. And tell us a little bit about the theme and storyline of this film that's in the works called The Shift and the inspiration behind the making of it. Yeah, so The Shift is a movie about an ordinary man. Uh, his name is Kevin, and on the worst day of his life, he's helped by, of all people, the devil, Satan. And Satan is there to offer him a job in exchange for basically whatever Kevin wants, riches, fame, power, etc. That's what you see in the short film that we've already made and put out there and is available for viewing. Um, and then in the full movie, we're actually going to move beyond that. I've long been fascinated by the story of Job. Uh, the, the book of Job, it contains this incredible interaction between God and the devil. And, and it's not the story of a person who gains faith but it's the story of someone who already has faith and has been tested. Now for believers, that's actually the story of the majority of our lives, but it's not the kind of story that is often told in media. Usually media is, you know, coming to faith um, stories, but Job isn't that. And I wanted to take what is usually the end of the story, the moment when our protagonist gains faith and then move beyond that. Uh, in the shift short film, our main character, Kevin, he, he witnesses a miracle. He gains faith and we see that happen. And in a full movie, that, that short film is really just the end of the first act. The rest of the movie really becomes a love story. Kevin finds himself separated from the two loves of his life, his wife and God. At least that's his perception. Like Job, Kevin, he struggles to understand God's seeming silence in the midst of his very worst trials. And that's that's kind of the movie in a nutshell. Brock, the idea of, um, well, let's put it in movie terms, selling your soul to the devil or a contract with the devil, that's a theme that's been around the movie world for goodness decades and we were joking off air i think charlton heston made a movie about that so that theme is not new what do you do with it that's different to handle the subject a little differently and make it fresh yeah hollywood's really tackled this one a lot haven't they but we really haven't um you know as christians we don't like to talk about the devil i hear that a lot from people and they're like well I, you know people especially the people who saw the shift short film they're like whoa this is really different this is not what we talk about you know, on sunday um, but the fact is, is that the devil is real and he poses a threat and that threat is constant. What excites me about this is, is taking an old story, taking a familiar story and telling it from the Christian perspective. 
the main conceit, particularly in the short film, which was made before I even thought of turning it into a feature film, is how would I, as a Christian, handle a face-to-face confrontation with the devil? How would I handle that? And so Kevin does what I hope I would do. And what he does is something I've never seen before in all the different iterations of this particular type of man versus devil story. Well, that's a fascinating topic, and resisting temptation is depicted in the Bible in many places, but like you said, this idea of talking about evil, talking about the devil, talking about hell, is often avoided in Christian discussions. People don't even like to think about the devil or hell being real, but let's talk a little bit about what the Bible says on this subject. You've alluded already to Job and the experiences he had being an inspiration. What are some other examples in the Bible of people wrestling with temptation in a way that is relevant to the film? Well, I think the biggest story that comes to my mind immediately is is Christ's temptation in the wilderness. You know, when he, when he has he was fasting for forty days, and you know he's he's at the lowest point, right. and the devil comes to him and and he offers him. You know, he says, "Look, just you know, worship me, and and I'll give you you know all of this." And he's he's pointing out to the world, and you know, and for me, when it came to crafting this story and thinking about particularly the ending that story was paramount in my mind of just exactly how Christ handled that and then what happened to him after he handled that. And, and as we know, in the, in the biblical story, he rejected the devil's offer and immediately thereafter he was supported. He was, angels came and, and ministered unto him. Um, and, and I think that that story is um, outside of the book of Job, which served as, as inspiration just overall. Um, I think that particular story was kind of my guiding light and okay, this is this is how the devil works and this is what we can do to resist. Right. Well, that's such a powerful one. And for people who may not be familiar, it's found there in Matthew 4 as well as Luke 4. Jesus in the wilderness, 40 days without food. He's tempted in three specific ways by Satan at the end of that time. And he resists all three times using scripture, which is a great model for us today to look back at God's word as the foundation to help us to resist temptation when we face it as well. But there are other parallels we see in scripture. You think, for example, Adam and Eve and the first temptation they dealt with with the serpent and what they went through. You think of Jesus in the garden and the struggle that he wrestled through in the night that he was betrayed, all the disciples leaving him, even Judas who betrayed Jesus and, and went through that time of temptation and falling and struggling with that. So we see many cases, including Paul, where he talks about doing what he doesn't want to do. So even as mature believers, we face many temptations that we have to deal with. So this concept is important and relevant in all of our lives, but when you portray it in a film, It's so fresh and so significant for helping us to realize uh, this battle that we face. When we come back, we're going to talk more about this. So stick with us here as we talk with Brock on A View from the Wall. From I Am A Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am A Watchman Minute. Some think that one of the things that makes David a champion in the faith is his precision aim and defeat over Goliath. That may have made him a kind of champion in the eyes of Philistines, but God is much more interested with perseverance than precision aim. In short, David was great because David did not give up. 
David was chased by Saul. His son died. Another led an insurrection. A wife mocked him. A general turned against him. David suffered great disappointments, but he didn't give up. Watchmen, remember, the enemy will bring disappointments your way, hoping you'll slow down or give up. But in these last days, it's the time to step up, not give up. Be like David, persevere, finish well, and great will be your reward. Be bold, be faithful, be a watchman. Iamawatchman.com Welcome back to A View from the Wall. As we continue our conversation today with Brock Heasley talking about the film The Shift, the Bible gives us many glimpses of the devil, who is a key part of the discussion in this film. And currently on several television series or programs or videos you may watch online, Satan, or Lucifer as he's sometimes referred to, is presented in a certain way. Uh, But how is he depicted in the shift, Brock? Tell us a little bit about how you set it up and how that might be unique from where we see it in other films. Yeah, so I don't think Satan is hip or sexy, um, which is what the movies and and TV shows often want to show us. But but I do think he thinks he is, or he wants to be. Um, I think that's maybe the crucial difference between how he's depicted in the shift, or at least how I'm trying to depict him in the shift versus other media. What I'm trying to do is not too dissimilar to what C.S. Lewis did with the screw tape letters. You know, I want to shine a little light on the devil to expose him, expose his tricks, his methods, and particularly his facade. Is he charismatic? Yes, I think the devil would have to be charismatic. I mean, ultimately, he's a salesman. He's trying to sell you a bill of goods. He's trying to, he's a snake oil salesman. It's, well, his product is terrible, but he's going to dress it up. And so he's going to dress himself up as much as he can to make himself look great so that you think that what he's selling is great. And there's something that's kind of pathetic to that. I think behind the charisma, behind this facade, is something that, that, is, that is a little bit pathetic. He's not to be admired. He's not to be emulated. Um, but we should see him as a convincing threat and as a convincing salesman. And I think in the shift, that's definitely the line that I'm trying to walk is, let's, let's show him as the charismatic person he is, but let's not let anybody walk out of the theater thinking, oh, I want to be like that guy. And I don't think anybody, even just watching the short film, would ever make that mistake. Um, ultimately, behind everything, uh, evil is, is pathetic and actually kind of sad. Uh, and I think that's very diametrically opposed to anything Hollywood's ever given us as far as the depiction of the devil. Oh, that's definitely true. And and they do depict him as powerful. And we don't want to understate that Satan does have some power on this earth. Absolutely. Uh, he is not all powerful. Jesus said after he rose, all power is given to me on heaven and earth. So what Satan had, he doesn't have anymore. And sometimes Christians overstate what he does have. But in the end, Satan isn't going to show up in people's living rooms with a contract to sign, you know, in their own blood. <laughs> How do most people encounter evil or the devil trying to operate in their lives? Yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's definitely not going to show up in a suit and tie as we've got him. Um, you know, this is clearly a work of fiction in that way. And, and science fiction at that. We throw some science fiction in there as well. Um, you know, and it's often within fiction that we can frame truth in a way that makes it a little bit easier to get at and understand. And the reality of Satan is that while we are on this planet, as you just said, Joe, is that he does have some jurisdiction, some dominion. He is not all-powerful. He's certainly not as powerful as God, but he is allowed to operate. 
And his chief mission is to tempt us away from God by any means necessary. The other side of that reality is that God equips us with tools to combat him. And he, in that way, is not even as powerful as we are, um, because those tools, which are found in Scripture, we can use them, and we can combat him, and we can fight him, and we can win against him. Um, the big question a lot of people have is, why does God allow the devil to operate in the first place? Clearly, he has all the power in the world to get rid of him, so why not just do that? In other words, why does evil exist? That, that, that's a question a lot of people ask. Um, and I don't want to give it away, but it is something that we tackle particularly, I think, in, in the feature film. Right. Well, I thought you were going to answer the problem of evil there for us for a moment. I was <laughs> really going to be impressed. You know, that's something that philosophers and scholars have dealt with for centuries. So certainly a great discussion to include as part of the film. But this is one that uh, people can get involved with as well. Not every film allows that opportunity. Talk a little bit about how our listeners can get involved in bringing this film to the screen. Yeah, so we've done two rounds of crowdfunding so far and have raised over $700,000. And we've done that through Angel Studios, which is also the studio that brought you The Chosen. Uh, and, and, they, and of course, The Chosen raised a, a massive amount of money to get going. Um, so right now, we are contemplating a third round of crowdfunding. And based on our success so far and what we've learned from those first two rounds, we do think that a third round would likely be successful to the point where we'd have our full funding for the film. At the same time, we are currently in talks with some motivated equity investors and are certainly open to talking with anyone who is interested at that level. But beyond those fundraising efforts, um, I definitely encourage people to like our Facebook and YouTube pages and to check those out. Uh, you can watch the short film there and um, you know send some prayers our way. This is not the kind of movie that Hollywood would ever make. And it's certainly not a movie the adversary once made. Uh, but I personally and, and, and my team has personally witnessed many miracles along the way uh, that indicates that it is a movie that God once made. Uh, that's, that's the confidence that I have. Um, and so I know it will be. It's just a matter of, of how and when and who's going to come along for the ride with us. Yeah, well, you've mentioned some of the ways people can get involved. Tell us some of those websites, social media addresses. We will include those with our online version as well. But for people listening on the radio, please tell them how to get connected. Yeah, so if you want to see our fundraising site, which has a list of our team members and, uh, and just, you know, kind of everything that we've done so far, you can go to angel.com slash the shift. And then, of course, our Facebook page is facebook.com slash shifty film. And then for YouTube, we don't actually have a very good URL, but if you shift, uh, if, if you look up uh, uh, the shift on YouTube, you should be able to find it quickly enough. That's not a very good answer for YouTube, but <laughs> that's what it is. No, that's great. Well, like I said, if you go to our website online at IamAWatchman.com, we'll do our best to provide all that information as well for those who are listening today. But you also mentioned a connection with The Chosen. Tell us a little bit about your relationship with some of the people involved in that series. Yeah, so Dallas Jenkins, the creator of The Chosen, is on board as, our, as one of our executive producers on the shift. And we also have the composers of The Chosen, Matthew S. Nelson and Dan Hasseltine, um, they're going to be doing the music for the shift. Uh, and uh, that's, um, I, I can't even tell you how exciting that is for me personally, and I think is exciting for the film. Anybody who is familiar with The Chosen knows at what level these gentlemen operate, and it is a very high level. Um, and, and I'm just so excited to have them on board. Dallas saw the shift short film very early on, and he was very complimentary of it. 
And a couple of years later, he read some chapters from the memoir I wrote about my dad, um, The Other Side of Fear. And he was even more complimentary of that. And he told me basically, look, we will work together someday. Um, and that obviously, as, as a young filmmaker, you know, was very encouraging to me. So I just decided to cut to the chase. And I invited him on board the shift. And he agreed. And he's been a huge help as I've navigated the crowdfunding and also just in mentoring me as a writer and director. I spent a couple of weeks on the chosen set last fall, just kind of shadowing him and picking his brain uh, after each day shoot, which of course, you know, that's the last thing he needs. Uh, <laughs> he's a busy guy and right. it's a huge operation he's running. And so, I mean, just the fact that he was able to give me that time personally and invite me to basically live with him for a couple of weeks and, and just pepper him with questions was, was incredible. And so that's, that's kind of the role that he's serving on the shift film. We're not looking to distract him from the chosen. That, that's a big job. But as a consultant and a mentor, um, he's a huge asset to me and he will continue to be so, particularly when we actually start rolling film. Well, certainly we've enjoyed Dallas Jenkins on our program and many of our listeners have enjoyed The Chosen as well. So we're thrilled to know about that connection. You've been listening to Brock Heasley. We'll be back in a moment for more after the short break on A View from the Wall. The Bible predicts the rapture of the church is coming. Are you ready? Soon many will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Only they will escape the dark days that are coming a time of tribulation that will usher in the Antichrist and great destruction upon the entire earth. There's only one escape, one way, one light, one truth. His name is Jesus. He came and died so that we may live forever with Him. But to receive this new life, there are three things we must do. The ABCs of salvation. A. Admit you're a sinner and that you need a Savior. Ask for forgiveness and receive His grace. B. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He came, lived, died, rose again, and will come again. Believe that He is Lord and God. C. Commit to walk His path, the path He wants you to walk, and walk it out by faith. Then you'll be ready for the return of the Lord. To learn more about the rapture and how to know for sure, visit amiraptureready.org. Welcome back to A View from the Wall. In our conversation with Brock Keasley in this segment, we want to talk a little bit about some of the applications that result from the film The Shift, discussing what we should do in response to these last days that we live in. So as we discussed in this segment, we don't want to give away the ending to The Shift, but what does your main character do that could be relevant to our listeners as they face spiritual battles in their own lives? This is something that we see in Ephesians 6, that our temptation, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's a spiritual battle battle, a spiritual warfare. Talk a little bit about that. Well, I'm going to give away the ending just a little bit. Um, oh, okay. Just a, just a little bit, just, just the ending to the short film, which anybody can go in and watch right now. Uh, I will not give away the ending to the feature film, which is still coming, but it's prayer. The, the answer always, always is prayer. It is our greatest connection to God, and it's the number one tool we have to combat the powers that are aligned against us. I personally have experienced devastating moments of despair in my life. I'm thinking of, for example, the night my father was murdered. Um, you know, he was packing up his store one night 
and uh, two men came in and they immediately started shooting and, and he died very shortly thereafterwards. Um, and uh, as you can imagine, that had a, a tremendous effect on me personally and on my entire family. And I'm also thinking of the time that within 24 hours of each other, my wife and I both lost our job, uh, which with a young family was just about one of the worst things that we went through in our marriage. And we had no idea what we were going to do. And I, I think that's the, the thing that both instances have in common. I didn't know what in the world to do. And prayer was my refuge in, in those moments. It was, the, it was the thing I turned to immediately. And I think it's the thing that we all turn to immediately when, when the chips are down. Um, and it is through prayer that I gained perspective, comfort, and assurance that God was well aware of my state and my trials, and that, and that those trials would only be for a season. And that's, that's the kind of perspective that in the moment is very, very hard to come by. But through prayer was very easy to come by and was immediate. These spiritual battles that we have, spiritual battles brought on by external forces or not, they enter our lives, and I really believe this, so that we may more fully perceive and partake of the light. That's why that's the purpose of darkness. It enters our lives so that we can more fully perceive and partake of the light. That's, that is what I know is true. And that's what I'm trying to get across with the shift. That is such a good way to put that Brock. Say that one more time. So people can hang on to that because that that's a book waiting to happen. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it is. It is my firm belief that spiritual battles are the darkness that enters our lives so that we may more fully perceive and partake of the light. That is absolutely amazing, and I love the way you put that. So let me take us a little bit different direction here. Um, You mentioned earlier about science fiction and that you use some science fiction in the movie to run some of the plot line and and demonstrate some of what happens with the devil. Give us a little taste of that, because with sci-fi, you caught a different part of our audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so with the science fiction... What I'm trying to do is not get stuck into one particular theology or denominational point of view. The point of the science fiction is to say to the audience up front, this is clearly not how things work. And, and in that way, we can invite everyone to come and watch, including non-believers, and focus more on the principles that we're trying to get across here, the biblical principles that we're trying to get across here, and not just you know necessarily the nuts and bolts of how things work. Um, in, in the shift, the science fiction that we're dealing with here is the idea of multiple realities. And really, that just becomes a metaphor for the choices that we make, that every choice we make spins us off into a certain direction. You know, I, I, the fact that my wife and I lost our jobs, that put our whole lives off in a different direction. But what if we hadn't lost our jobs? What if, what if some other choice was made? Um, and, and, and we wouldn't have lost our jobs. Our lives would look completely different. And so when you're talking about man versus the devil, when you're talking about the devil having an offer and he is able to say to somebody, look, if you follow me and do what I say, I'll give you all of this. Well, that's, that's a choice that our main character has to make. Uh, and so to me, choice is also another one of those very powerful tools that we have is that as much as the devil wants us, he can't force us to do anything. We always have a choice. And so by introducing the idea of multiple realities, which are brought on by the choices we make, I'm able to tap into those metaphors 
and and get away from any particular theology or, or, or denomination. Brock, we always try to address our watchmen and women. We have many who listen to this program and they look at events around us through a biblical lens. They watch, warn, witness, and seek to finish well in what we see biblically as these last difficult last days. Speak to our watchmen. What's the challenge from the shift and what we've talked about today into the devil and temptation? What's the challenge for our watchmen and women? Well, I think the watchmen have the greatest challenge in a way. If you are openly aligned against the devil and his works, he's going to come after you all the more. I've seen that. I've seen that in my life. I've seen that in the making of this movie. Um, Anytime I have tried to do, dedicate myself to the works of God, which is always going to be, in a a sense, combating the works of the devil, um, I have, those, those have been often my times of biggest trial. Uh, for me personally, I can I think of the time when I was a missionary. It was while I was a missionary that my father was killed. Uh, you know, and and so the devil comes after the people that are fighting against him. And so it's important to hold to the word, armor up, and always be on watch. Not just for the benefit of others, but also for yourself. The devil seeks to lead away the watchman in particular because he knows that their fall will be that much greater. And they are likely to take some people down with them. But conversely, I think God is particularly mindful of people like that, too. He is mindful of the watchman, because anyone who seeks to do his will and spread his word is also going to have a far greater power available to them. Uh, We only need to call upon it, uh, which requires us to trust less in the strength of our own arms and, and more in his strength. So I, I think watchmen have to be on guard even more for themselves uh, than necessarily other people. What a powerful message and a powerful film. This is certainly something we want each of you who are listening to make sure you get all the information. So check us out at IamAWatchman.com where we will have the information about this program as well as information about our latest e-newsletter, a free e-book for you, and other resources to help you grow in your spiritual journey. And Brock, we want to thank you so much for being with us here today on A View from the Wall. Thanks so much, guys. That was awesome. Well, we appreciate you listening as well and ask you to join us next time and continue to pray for us and support us here at A View from the Wall. A View from the Wall, in association with I Am a Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.